0: All right, all right, all right. Let me make sure I got the right microphone here. Do I have the right microphone? Oh, how terrible am I already? Cool, cool. Um, welcome, everybody, back to In Liberty and Health. I was going to do this show last week, but uh, we pulled it up and decided to go with Anonymity, which was an uh, interesting show. So make sure if you did not listen to that one, you can go back and listen to the last one. It's not really going to be relevant today, but I just appreciate it, you know? So um, today we're going to be talking about the Manosphere, um, this is a topic that I've been very very passionate about for quite a while and um it's something that uh I, I think a lot of people get wrong and because it's the new hotness right now everybody has to have an opinion on it but um you know I've i've kind of I don't want to say I've been in this world but I've kind of read into this world for the last sh- <laughs> probably close to 10 years at this point and uh you know I've also only been like a public person for probably the last like two years so um we'll roll the intro and then let's uh, get into it So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on plague day. (laughs) I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. All All right, all right, all right. We had a lively chat already, channeling my inner Andrew Tate to have a conversation about choices with my three-year-old. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Uh, how's everybody doing? Um, I appreciate everybody hanging out tonight. Um, I'm enjoying doing these live streams. It seems like everybody else enjoys them too, so uh, I get good engagement here. So uh, I think I'm just going to kind of keep on keeping on here, and uh, you know, we'll kind of see how it goes. So um, tonight is about the Manosphere. Conrail, what is up my friend good to see you um the manosphere in my opinion has um it's a topic du jour right where every couple of years you're gonna see people kind of go in these cycles where you know it's the culture war and mainstream politics and then we want to talk about dating and sex and then you know rinse wash repeat this constantly happens right because you can get clicks by shifting from thing to thing to thing because like your standard politics aren't always gonna be interesting to everybody at all times how yin's doing yin's are doing pretty damn good <laughs> rave call i not stream by myself uh you know I, i've kind of gotten used to it at this point by recording as many solo podcasts as i've done um I, I feel like i could at least bore people enough by just spewing here at the camera so um let's go to google here and um let me make sure i got this right the mansphere i just typed it into google and as we could see here, the Manosphere is a collection of websites, blogs, and online forums promoting masculinity and misogyny and opposition to feminism, which is uh, pretty funny. And they also have the uh, MGTOW, the Father's Right Movement, and Jesse Lee Peterson, although I don't really consider him part of the Manosphere. Um, let me stop the screen there just so we can kind of get um, move on from there. So um, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny how like these terms are very, very loaded, and they tell you straight up that... Uh, that's perfectly fine you know obviously we could talk about this and i'm here to take people's questions because i want to kind of put some of these concerns to bed um it's not about misogyny and really for me the manosphere has always been about um, you know, male self-improvement and like the men's rights movement and the MGTOW or men going their own way movements are completely separate from the manosphere or the red pill as it used to be called. Um, now, obviously, red pills just become like a brand thing, right? Everybody is red pill. Whatever I like is red pill. So, and whatever I don't like is blue pill. That's why I don't like use those terms at all anymore, just because it tends to be like a, it's a container word at this point where you tell people red pill, blue pill, and they fill those their container words. They fill those up with their hopes and dreams and whatever they could possibly think of just to, you know, make themselves feel good and, you know, put down other ideologies or ways of thinking that they don't like. Um, so I saw it said once, and if I could pull up the tweet, I would, but, um, you know, I'll see if I can find it. Um, Ryan stone, who is somebody that was on the show. And I think, um, everybody who has, um, you know, been following my podcast for any time now, or has followed me on Twitter for long enough, has seen that I retweet Ryan stone quite a bit. Um, but he said that I want to make sure I get this right. Stone. Positive. Sorry. Uh, I may not be able to find it. Okay. There we go. Uh, male sexual strategy, positive male identity. If you aren't talking about either, you're not red pill. zero exceptions. Um, that is his tweet. And I think that's, um, I think that's pretty damn spot on. Um, the idea of the manosphere being like this, just home of the white claw power or you know the whatever podcast and the fresh and fit where you know we get the girls drunk and then we scream at them and throw them off that's not what the manosphere of the red pill was originally geared to be this is originally supposed to be a set of tools right these are going to be just guys swapping notes all over the world to talk about their experiences with women and you know what worked for them in their relationships in their dating lives and their sex lives stuff like that in order to make their lives better right this isn't about we hate women and we want to put women down. No, this is about, Hey, you know, I'm, I've been married for a while and the sex life is a little rough. You know, the bedroom's dead. What can I do to get this going again? Um, so guys share notes and then kind of figure out what works for, you know, guys or, you know, Hey, maybe is it time to move on? Um, all sorts of different practices. And I I carried these in here because it's relevant to the topic, but these are all the, uh, for the rational male books. So you could see I've, I've read through the first three. So the original Rational Male, which I mean, this book is a freaking doozy. I mean, you're talking super small texts of, you know, how many pages was this? Okay, almost 300 pages. And look, I do not make a lot of time to read anymore, unfortunately. Um, the second one was um preventive medicine, which I think is really, really good. And it gives a good outline of what to expect throughout women's um timelines right like from the time they're 15 years old all the way up till you know their 30s 40s and later um and then the third book is positive masculinity which is obviously the most recent one that I've read because that was uh I probably read that like 2018 or 19. so I mean I've been looking into this stuff for quite a while um so the fact that it's now come up a lot is kind of surprising to me. And I remember Rolo is the guy who I follow the most, him and Ryan are two that I kind of keep up with the most. And I consider them to kind of be the pinnacle of the Manosphere kind of guys. Um, they're always big on not giving people prescriptions because I don't know, nobody knows your situation and each person's situation to be different from person to person to person. Right. So, um, you know, what worked for me, in my life and my marriage will not work for you or the next guy or the guy after that. So that's why I think when you have people giving people prescriptions on dating, on sex, on anything really, um, it's a little ridiculous because once again, I, I don't walk a mile in your shoes every day. You could tell me all about your situation. I can say, Hey, this is my idea about it. It's the same deal with like when I'm working on cars or something like that, people come up to me and say, Hey, my car is shaking like crazy and the check engine lights flashing. Well, I could tell you that there may be a misfire. Um, there may be a severe rich or lean condition, but I don't know without physically looking at the car, the same kind of applies here when, um, whenever we're talking about intersexual dynamics and, um, you know, people in their relationships is that we just don't know what goes on behind closed doors. But the thing is, is that, you know, people, I don't want to say they're all the same, but you know, you can see people's behaviors play out over time and you can kind of get a feel for, you know, what your best course of action would be. The one thing that I've heard that I've found very, very helpful is that, uh, the most, uh, the most reliable predictor of future behavior is relevant past behavior. Um, I think sex life dies as you get old and that's okay. Um, I don't know that I necessarily agree. I think some people, um, if you maintain genuine desire, which people have said is a container word, okay, fair enough, but um, we all kind of know that when we see it, um, especially for guys. You know, we are we have higher testosterone, which kind of demands that we go out in the world and do you know put our will onto the world. And some of that times that may be sexual conquest and not saying we should go out and you know conquer villages and steal and rape and pillage and stuff like that. No, don't do that. But like men do have a testosterone or a higher testosterone than women, so that way they can build muscle mass, they can you know have some semblance of masculinity, and then once again go do tasks that make them dominant and attractive to women. Um, So I have an article from uh, Rolo's blog here and the Nine Iron Rules of Tomasi, and I kind of wanted to roll through those. And we will uh, just kind of go through it as that. And, you know, I'll kind of field you guys' questions to see what everyone's thinking. Um, So let me exit out of the Google definition here and go to present. And we will start with the nine iron rules of Tomasi. I couldn't find a easy breakdown of this. So um, I, I like how they put the nine, the legendary nine iron rules. It's just the nine iron rules. And, to kind of preface this, these aren't rules that like you have to adhere by or else your life is going to be ruined. No, this is just recommendations that he puts out in his book and that I actually do think are useful for guys, especially today. Um, our rule number one frame is everything. Always be aware of the subconscious balance of whose frame in which you are operating. Always control the frame, but resist giving the impression that you are. So I'll just riff on this here for a minute here. Um, The idea of frame is basically that you are in control of everything kind of in your proximity and you are your own mental point of origin, which I have an article up there as well that will kind of discuss that as well. And why this is so important, because you want to hand, you kind of want to be the center of your own world, right? So whenever you go to work, you don't want to, you're going to be in someone else's frame to a degree but when you're at home, when you're interacting with, you know, if you're a guy, interacting with a woman, then you want her to enter your frame, right? You don't want her to be leading you because I don't think women are, what's the question? Hey, where do you want to go to eat? Well, no one wants to be asked women, you know, they they kind of marry a lifestyle. They want to be with a guy who's exciting. They want to be with a guy who they think is going to have potential, sorry, potential to, uh, you know, live up to their their needs and their demands and our hind brains don't understand that like hey we're safe everything's good they still assume that you know the world's a very very dangerous place our lizard brain that is you know the brain that's way 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 deep down so let me go back here and to iron rule number two never under the pain of death honestly or dishonestly reveal a number of women you've slept with or explain any detail of your sexual experiences with them to a current lover and the reason for that being, um, one important thing for women to be attracted to another or to a guy is pre-selection as in, she sees that you are, that you're desired by other women. Therefore you are a, a good choice for paternity. You're a good choice for a mate, right? So back in the day, this would have been, you know, by being muscular or being, you know, kind of the head tribesman, right? So when you have a lot of women that go or women that are going after you, then that means that once again they're you're pre-selected. Now, the reason why this iron rule is what it is, why they say you shouldn't. Yeah. Well, um, they've said, I've heard it said that uh the ultimate form of pre selection is being good in bad. Right. Women don't really care about men's past experiences because it's not really going to affect their body physically. <clears throat> And women are naturally solipsistic. And what that means is that their experience is pretty much everything. And this isn't like morally pontificating. This isn't frowning upon women. This isn't saying this isn't a judgment. This is just saying that women, because of their nature, because they had to care for themselves and their children, um, they had to be solipsistic. They developed this way through millennia. So, um, for women, if, if a guy had slept with a lot of you know, women, then it doesn't really affect her. Obviously, as long as she's not bringing STDs or anything in, but like it doesn't really affect her directly because she's not, in theory, going to have to take care of that child. But for a guy, if a woman has slept with a lot of men, then that's a potential bad risk for his paternity, especially if uh, you know she dated a guy who was of higher status at one point, and that guy's more likely to have made a bigger impact on her sex life, her love life. She may not be able to pair a bond with the next guy as much. Although today we see a lot more of you know one night stands where she found the you know the hot guy that she wanted to get with, and then later you know got knocked out by that guy and then later on a guy comes along to be the single dad de- or the stepdad or you know the dad who stepped up that you know we we kind of see that now so go back here iron number three any woman who makes you wait for sex or by her action implies she's making you wait for sex the sex is never worth the wait um this isn't because you should go bang everything on two legs but this is because You're trying to gauge if someone's actually into you and if someone wants to be with you, right? Um, It's funny that actually a girl at one point had said um, that uh, a woman who wants to be with you will. A friend of mine told me this forever ago because I remember I was having trouble with women. (laughs) And this is kind of why this stuff helped me out so much because I I do think this helped me understand the dating market and kind of how to go about my own life. But um, it's not, once again, it's not that you should want to bang everything that walks. Although, you know, getting sexual experience for men, I don't think is a bad thing. Um, You want to gauge if someone really is into you or not, if they're not into you, then, you know, maybe it's better to look for future perspectives that may have more, you know, reciprocal investment on you rather than try to, you know, build something up on a foundation. That's not really strong. Right. I mean, (laughs) you want to want your partner, you know, I love my wife my wife loves me. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of the way that relationships are supposed to go. Men push sex and then shame women for having sex. This is what it is. We are different, and that's all there is to it. I don't know what else to tell you. Um iron rule. There we go. Yeah. Iron rule number four. Um, never under any circumstance live with a woman who you aren't married to or aren't or are not planning to marry in within six months um the reason for this rule is because um it removes the competition anxiety right so as we were kind of saying earlier about pre-selection is that you know the idea is that a high value man is somebody who other men want to be and other women want to have sex with so a woman can know this by knowing that you're desired by other women right so if she doesn't see you all the time this doesn't say that you should go run around or do anything like that but if she sees you all the time then she kind of knows what you're about and she she can kind of parse out whether or not you're actually her high, her hypergamous best <clears throat> option so that being said, um, when you move in with somebody, that competition anxiety is gone because they're seeing you and they're seeing your behaviors and they kind of understand you know, what you're doing day in, day out. I did not follow this rule. No harm, no foul. I have a great life. Once again, these rules are not meant to be gospel. And I think some people, whenever they see a list of anything, then they assume that that's gospel and that's ridiculous. Um, so moving back on, wrong thing. Add this back to the stream. Um, Number five, never allow a woman to be in control of the birth. Um, Now today, this is very, very important because as we know, the vast majority of alimony payments do go to women Um, in the tune of over 90%. I think it is. I haven't really looked at the stats in quite a while, but um, that is once again, kind of a frame thing where you're allowing a woman to come into your world and you control the things that may weigh down on you. As a guy, right? So, you know, there are many, many forms of birth control, (laughs) one of them being, you know, condoms and then all all the different kinds of contraceptives that are out there now. Um, Always be in control of the birth as a guy because, once again, this means if you are to get somebody pregnant that you wouldn't want to have a long-term relationship with, then is what it is and you could be screwed, I mean, everyone had a problem with the, uh, the list, if everybody knows what I'm talking about, the vasectomy and all that. Okay. So let me add this back to the stream. Um, number six, women are utterly incapable of loving a man in the way that a man expects to be loved. Um, this one is actually very, 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 very important. And it's not to say that women can't love men because they can, women do love men, but it's not in the, uh it's not in the way that we think. The idea is that when you have this idea of like a soulmate, then you're building up this complacency in your head. It's like a covert contract where you have this idea of somebody that's going to be so perfect because they're your one, right? Um, And anybody that you meet that you begin to develop feelings for, you're going to project all those desires, all those wants, Onto that person. And then anytime they deviate slightly from what you expect they should do, then they fail in your eyes. It's a very, very failed way to kind of look at love and the way that we should interact with people by having these mental complacencies in our head. So, kind of moving on from there, you should understand that women do love in a different way than men do because we're different, right? M- men were attracted visually, we're stimulated visually i think i do a pretty good job of loving my husband the way he wants slash needs to be loved well yeah and i mean that's why he's your husband right <laughs> you know there's a reason why my wife is my wife's because um you know you found somebody that you can work with uh and this is another kind of manosphere i don't want to say talking point but a manosphere point that really resonated with me is that um y- this the soulmate myth is very very wrong and also the whole you know men and women love differently um, you're never going to find your one. You can find people that you can work with and be in a relationship with and people that you can't, it's a spectrum. It's not like this binary, right? Where it's on or off. It's ridiculous to think that it's on or off because we're, we're talking about, you know, 7 billion people on the face of the planet. you think that there's just one person out there for you. And most of the time, you know, people don't go like cross country to marry people, <laughs> people marry within their towns. Is it really like that, you know, ridiculous? It's just. Absolutely ridiculous to think that there's just like one person, especially. Out there. No, you meet somebody and then you spend some time with them and you think, oh, well, maybe this will work out. Um, communication has a lot to do with it or lack thereof. Um, yeah, people say that, but I mean, it's also like desire. You know, if you actually want to be with somebody, if you want things to work out. And then also, um, as a guy, you know, not letting up on your focus. Um, unfortunately, in this blog here, they did not have all nine rules. It's kind of funny, actually, that they don't have all nine rules so i may have to pick up the book here for a second um but the idea that that once again there's somebody out there for you kill that idea because once again you're building up this image in your head that you'll never ever be able to attain um let me make sure i got this here i'm sorry guys i'm kind of fumbling through this uh 228 I never thought I'd be actually reading from a book on a live podcast. Uh, Iron rule number seven It is always time and effort better spent developing relations with new fresh perspective women than it ever will be attempting to reconstruct a failed relationship. Um, This is another one of those iron rules that, um, that are really, really good because it's, it kind of goes back to the soulmate myth actually, because like some guys get what's called one-itis where they just have one woman on their mind at all times and they're all about them and they just can't get them out of their head. And then, you know, you guys are on and off forever. Don't do that. You're better off working on yourself and then developing a new relationship rather than going to the same old, same old, where you guys break up and you hate each other for a couple of weeks. You know, you go sleep with somebody else. They go sleep with somebody else. No, Um, the, the one thing that they point out or that Rollo writes in this chapter that I thought was really, really funny was, uh, um, (laughs) when you take trash to the curb, uh, you know, you don't go digging back through it, but if you do, then all your neighbors and everybody sees you doing it, you get dirty in the process. Um, same kind of deal with, you know, these past relationships, you should just move on and develop new perspectives, um, as a guy, I think it's always better that you focus on yourself, focus inward for you not to, you know, be the best man for a woman, but be, to be the best man for you. Because once again, this goes back to enlightened self-interest, which we're going to get to here in a minute. Um, iron rule number eight, always let a woman figure out why she won't fuck you, never do it for, her. um, the reason for that is because a woman's intuition is a lot of what gener- generates her attraction where a woman wants to you know use her feminine mystique or you know the ideas in her head to find out things about you so whenever whenever guys come up to me and they're telling me about these girl or you know this girl that they really like and this girl they really want to get with um they're just exploding onto her they're taking every single card they got in their deck and dumping it all on the desk and expecting you know this reciprocal um it, this reciprocal investment it never works i definitely agree with that see i told you we weren't going to disagree that much um yeah absolutely though um if you're on if you're in an on and off relationship um you know it's kind of like the medium is the message which is another kind of red pill ism that a lot of people talk about and i think is really really good as well what is she telling you um if you guys are fighting a lot then there's an issue you shouldn't be fighting with your partner all the time. A good relationship literally is effortless. It should not be that big of a deal, you know, to, (laughs) to live or have a good time with uh, somebody. I tell that to the guy who uh, tell the guy that thought he lost his Bitcoin in the trash to not dig. He found it. It wasn't what he thought. (laughs) If you threw your Bitcoin away into a garbage bag, chances are you're not going to find it in there. (laughs) um iron rule number nine never seriously never seriously self-deprecate with a woman you intend to be intimate with this is a very 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 important rule for all the guys listening and all the guys that will listen um women don't want a, a loser i mean this sounds common sense but nobody wants a loser so I, it's, it's kind of a joke, but you know, you should say you are the prize that kind of should be your mental point of origin is that you are worthy of love. You are worthy of somebody that's great because you've developed yourself. So right. The way that I've always looked at this is that, Hey, I've worked my ass off my entire life um to get to where I am today, to get to the physique and to the, you know, all the weights that I've lifted. I've worked very, very hard for that. Um, I can put that application and pressure and dedication to anything I do. Therefore, no matter what, I'm always going to be all right. Um, if I get fired tomorrow, then rock and roll. I'll be able to figure, you know, find a new job tomorrow. But the reason why this kind of ties into not self-deprecating is because you have confidence. You don't shit on yourself if you think that you're actually a good catch and you think you're a good person. Um, it was Bitcoin cash and worth a fraction. He's upside down now. Cool. One million. Ooh, pain. Um, yep. I agree with that too. Adam and I just had a conversation about not putting yourself down in front of, yes. See, look, I knew you guys would be into this, but yeah, absolutely. Once again, nobody wants to be with a loser. So, I mean, if you literally, you're going to dump on yourself in front of people, people are gonna start treating you that way. Don't, you know, don't treat yourself that way. And other people probably won't treat you that way. I, I like a lot of this stuff really isn't even like that revelatory, but like, see, th- this is the problem when, the Fresh and Fit and the whatever podcast gets really big and the White Claw Power Hour where we're going to get all these women drunk and then scream at them because they have a high body count and OnlyFans. Like, yes, all that shit's haram or whatever you want to say. But like the idea should be that we're giving men information to make their lives better because the dating marketplace is very, very difficult for men and for women. But, you know, we're specifically talking about men in this respect where we want men to be better men and we want them to help understand their you know, perspectives and develop themselves into better men so that way they can, you know, affect themselves on the world in a more positive light. Um, so when you have just, you know, the white claw power, hour, all the girls around the table with perky tits and, and only fans and the white claws, um, that's not helping anybody. Right. Um, I need one, a man who's confident in himself. I'm a strong woman. I don't want a weak man. No woman does. <laughs> it's, it's not natural and you don't want that. So, um, I mean, that's, that's why you, the iron rules are pretty good rules to kind of abide by because it's going to help you, um, you know, not only keep yourself kind of your own mental point of origin, but also kind of keep a good perspective around other people. So that way you're always on the up and up, right? So we will go over to this article and I will keep up with the chat as well. Share screen, mental point of origin. Uh, middle point of origin written in 2014 i'm working another contract gig for the next few months and recently i had an interesting encounter with a new girl on my team she's 34 japanese dual citizenship maybe an ex H- or an hb 6.5-7 and over the summer she hooked up with a guy here who she had a somewhat monogamous relationship with until he transferred to australia last august this girl was quote unquote in love with this guy who's not aloof to her not fully indifferent but he sees he sets himself as his first priority and never considered turning down his transfer in order to continue anything with her the Guy's nothing special to look at. No muscle definition, kind of fat thin, if you know what I mean, but pasty white, ginger, not out of shape, but not in shape, maybe 5'11. Um, She cannot shut up about what a real man he is. Uh, She bought a $2,200 ticket to visit him for a week and a half in January and has made a personalized calendar as a gift for him. And that has photos of all these events they shared together over the summer every month with a heartfelt description of some things she loves about him included. That right there is genuine desire. (laughs) if a woman's willing to travel hours and hours for you, or, you know, make her life significantly more difficult to spend time with you, it's a good sign, right? That's interest. If someone's not willing to inconvenience themselves to be with you, the medium's the message. They're not willing to be with you because, you know, if there's, if they have to jump over a curb and they're not willing to step over the curb, then once again, you see, you kind of see where you stand. Going come back here, yeah, it's back to the stream. Um, she cannot shut up. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, to her, this guy's alpha as fuck. On Tinder, this guy would be a left swipe 100% of the time. His attitude is indifferent, alpha, but he's self-concerned. This girl idolizes him. Granted, there's a lot more going on here to consider. Her being well past the epiphany phase, necessitous, and urgently waiting or wanting to consolidate on a long-term monogamy makes this guy into an idealized prospect. Thus, he became her alpha, if not anyone else's. Granted, it's mostly situational. She thinks she wants to have kids with him, and at 34, that clock is about to expire, but she has to come to him literally and figuratively. Um, I will riff on this paragraph here for a second. And the point of that being is that... Let me read that one more time. Contextual Alpha. It's contextual. When everybody goes to see a band play live, the lead guitar player whenever he's playing a solo, all eyes are on him. Contextually, he's an Alpha. TJ, what is going on, brother? Glad you are here. Um, Whenever uh, you have somebody like, I don't know, let's say, Miles Kennedy from Alderbridge, when he belts out you know his four octave range, right? He's a contextual alpha in that situation. It's not like this black and white thing, right? So from culture to culture to culture, from state to state to state, you know, if you go to West Virginia, the guy with the nice tractor may be the contextual alpha because he has the most resources and he may be the most attractive person in those people's eyes. If you go to, you know, Miami, it may be the guy dressed up in the white suit who has the most money and the, you know, the black credit card that has the, that is limitless. It's not a binary thing. Go back to the article here. Um, However, though, the guy's definitely a contextual alpha. He's got a genuine alpha-ish bearing that translates into self-aware of his condition and real, not really... Sorry, <laughs> really not giving a damn what anyone else might think. He's got total frame control, but it's not intentional control. And that natural casualness of indifference only makes her want to please him that much more. There are a cultural element to this as well. But to hear her talk about other lesser men, it's apparent she's been very much westernized in her sense of self entitled or in her sense of entitlement. Um, self concerned without self-awareness. People think I'm crazy to hold up a guy like Curry, Corey Worthington as an example of an alpha Buddha. But this guy has the same unpracticed self-unaware mojo as Corey. Um, so for anybody who hasn't seen that, um, I'll try to give a brief breakdown of it. Basically, Corey Worthington was a kid in Australia who had, um, threw this huge, huge party, um, when his parents were gone for the weekend and caused like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage. And he was being interviewed on the news about it and they had um kind of told him take off the sunglasses and the dude's just zen this could be he's super relaxed and says no i don't think i'm going to do it the news reporter tells him to grow up and to apologize and he just does not do it (laughs) dude's in his frame he's not backing out of it and you know he's setting his ways and that's going to be it um the if if you get a chance if you look up Corey worthington um the, the video is absolutely hysterical um personally i think i was at almost alpha when i didn't realize it um when i didn't realize i was that's not zen it's just doing what came natural for me at the point in my life when i had next to nothing materially only a marginal amount of social proof but a strong desire to enjoy women for the sake of just enjoying them in spite of it i mentioned before the most memorable sex i've had um has been when i was flat broke mostly It didn't matter that I lived in a two room studio in North Hollywood or had beer and mac and cheese in the fridge. I got laid and I had women come to me for it. It didn't take my doing anything for a woman to get laid or to hold her interest. Um, all I did was make myself my mental point of, my mental point of origin, um, it's when I started putting women as a goal, making them into more than just a source of enjoyment, that I transferred that natural or that mental point of origin to her and I became a necessitous one. A lot of guys will call it being needy. I suppose it is, but if it's a neediness that results from putting a woman or another person as your first thought, your mental point of origin. I've used this term in a few posts, so I thought it would deserve it deserved a bit more explanation. Your mental point of origin is really your own internalized understanding about how you how you yourself fit into your own understanding of frame. Go back here. Oh my god, Kevin, you know that? <laughs> yeah, he definitely was a shithead, but he was an absolute legend for sure. It was hysterical to kind of just see him zen out totally in his own frame, but that's a perfect example of what frame is, is that somebody who's, who understands the world is solipsistic, right? Where we kind of recognize women as realizing their or you know, interpreting their experience as the only experience, um, for guys, this is just once again, being in control of your own world. And every single time that there's something that comes up in your life, you think about this action about how, and how it's going to affect you. You get a job opportunity. You think, well, how is this going to affect my, affect my daily life and what I need to do every single day? Add this back to the stream here. Um, if frame is the dominant narrative of of a relationship, not limited, to just romantic relations, your mental point of origin is the most, is the import and priority to which you give the people and or ideas involved in that relationship It is the first thought that you have, excuse me when considering any particular of a relationship and is often so ingrained in us that it becomes an autonomous mental process for most of us our understanding of that point of origin develops when we're children kids are necessarily selfish sometimes cruel and greedy because our kid, or our first survival instincts naturally put ourselves as our mental point of origin only later when parenting and learning social skills do we begin to share cooperate empathize and sympathize as our mental point of origin shifts to putting the concerns of others before our own um, funny enough, Kevin is, was in the chat there earlier mentioning his kids saying no. So, uh, I'm sure that he's probably aware that those kids are definitely in their own, <laughs> they're their own mental point of origin right now because, you know, they don't want to eat their food. They don't want to do anything that, you know, dad or whoever's going to tell them. So let me get back over here. Um, um, Young boys are generally very alpha because of this unlearned self-importance. This is the source of almost zen-like matter-of-fact alpha-bearing of Corey Corey Worthington. As I said, he's not a man anyone ought to aspire to, but he is an alpha without intent or self-awareness. There is a first thought balance. We have to maintain pro-social respect in order to develop healthy relationships. The problem we run into today is one in which boys are largely raised to be the men who provide more than they need in order to establish a future family. That learn, condition, Mental point of origin is almost always focused outward and on to people he hopes will reciprocate by placing him as their own point of origin. Um, when you're a business owner and entrepreneur. I would like to think that you're probably of the mind that you are your own mental point of origin because you realize that all the business expenses come on to you. Now, I kind of think about this when I think about my job as well. So me being an automotive technician and getting paid flat rate, I have to think about every single job, every single bolt that I turn, every single opportunity that I take, every single upsell is how is this going to affect my pay and what I have to do on the vehicles that I have, right? This is being your own mental point of origin. <laughs> we could got a baby strapped in my chest and we're making pancakes while mom works the photo side of the business tonight. Nice. That is a awesome night. Um, but whenever I think about my work, once again, it, it's almost like you're, Oh yes. absolutely. freaking lootly. If I had a sound drop, I'd do a sound drop right now. Kodiak, Kodiak cakes are absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> but, um, when it comes to the flat rate gig, once again, you have to think about yourself, um, you don't really have time to think about other technicians. And when you do start thinking about other technicians, you can get into a real quick, bad spiral of worrying about what's in the other two blue posts across the shop. And it, it just doesn't help you. It doesn't serve you at all to worry about what other people are doing. And every single tech on the face of the planet, whose flat rate has done this before they see somebody else getting gravy. And then they wonder, Oh, well, why isn't that me? Well, now you've just, once again, shifted that mental point of origin to somebody else because you're worried about what somebody else is doing. Stop focus on you and what is helping you be a prosperous technician. And this applies to life as well, right? Where you want to focus on what's going to make you the best you know, person that you could be for you because you will not be able to help provide for people as best when you provide for yourself first, right? I could not do for my wife and you know, the life that we live if I wasn't on top of things at all times. And am I always on top of things? No, nobody is. But the point is, is that you should always aspire to be as good as you possibly can be. Uh, so let me add this back to the stream here and we'll continue on. Um, natural f- feminine solipsism makes this exchange a losing prospect. Women are both raised and affirmed by a vast social mechanism that not just encourages them to put themselves in their point of origin, but it shames them and, ostr- but it shames and ostracizes them for placing it on someone or something other than themselves. By now, I'm sure that, um, I'm sure that much of this comes off as encouragement towards a retaliatory selfishness or narcissism, but putting oneself as his own point of origin doesn't have to mean being antisocial or sociopathic. It requires a conscious decision to override internalized understanding of oneself, but by placing yourself as your mental point of origin, you are better positioned to help others and judge who's worth that effort. And that last part right there, that last part is so important. When you put yourself as your own point of origin, and when you recognize yourself as, once again, the person, you know, you're steering the ship, then you can recognize, okay, well, is helping this person going to be bad for me and for those who I care about long-term? That's up to you. You can know, but you have to recognize, you know yourself better than anybody else generally. So when you set yourself first, then you can, once again, decide from there what's the best course of action. And then everything else is secondary. Go back here. Um, it often requires some emotional trauma for men to rely on themselves as their own point of origin. I feel this is a necessary part of unplugging, but the real challenge is in how you deal with that trauma in a red pill aware state. If you are to kill the beta in you, the first step is placing yourself as your mental point of origin. I just find beta and alpha to be very, very cringy, but um, you know, th- these are placeholder terms where we use beta as lesser and alpha as more and kind of like more desired to kind of get to higher ideas. Um, so my weekend discussion questions are this, are you, your mental point of origin is your first inclination. Consider how something in your relationships will affect you or your girlfriend slash wife slash family slash boss. When, 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 men fall into relationships with an authoritarian feminine, primary woman, women, their first thought about any particulars of their action is how his woman will respond to it, not his own involvement or his mosa- motivations for it. Are you a peacekeeper? do you worry about putting yourself as your first priority will turn a woman off or do you think that it will engage her more for more fully are you concerned that doing so may lead to your own form of solipsism or do you think enlightened self-interest serves you serves your best interests and those with whom you want to help or become intimate with and that is the end of that we will remove that from the stream there um i found that essay and that whole concept to be very very helpful in my own life um when considering moving to Florida, I remember thinking that, um, you know, I know no matter what, we're going to be okay. And that, you know, we'll move down there and you know, things work out (laughs) just as it is. Once again, I know I'm a resourceful person and hopefully all the guys in the chat. I know Kevin is for sure. (laughs) You got to be resourceful and you have to have confidence that you are resourceful. Right. And that kind of bleeds out into your dating life, your sex life. People are going to notice this about you when you carry yourself well, when you realize you have options, when you have an abundance mindset, where you understand that, you know, pretty much whatever adversity comes your way, you're gonna be able to handle it, rock and roll and keep moving. And that is mental point of origin. And that is kind of being in your own frame. Um, I actually wanted to read a little bit more on frame, but once again, the the first article that came up was actually the uh, mental point of origin one. So um, yeah, this is gonna be a little bit of a shorter live stream. The chat was lively and I appreciate everybody dropping by. if we don't get any more questions, then I think I'll close her out. Um, everybody, make sure you go check out Heartless. That was our new single we released about a month and a half ago now. I can't believe it. But uh, when we opened up for Vixen, I think it was. Um, a common crown, Heartless. You can find on all major streaming platforms. Um, if you have not already, please like this right now. Whatever you're doing, stop it and like the video if you're on YouTube. If you're on Facebook watching this, like it. Please really helps me out. Um, I appreciate everybody watching. This was uh, a more viewed show than I thought it would be, which is pretty cool. So, um, hopefully it wasn't too rambly. Hopefully you guys enjoyed, um, make sure you go check out all the links below for all your electrolyte needs from LMNT.com. Um, so I, <laughs> Ben, you dropped in late, um, because they have, they don't have a penis between their legs. I mean, what, what else are we supposed to do? Thank you so much, Alice. Um, let me know whenever you want me and force, want me to come on, because I'm really looking forward to that show. And I plan to have a few more drinks than I did last time. <laughs> um, yeah, make sure you go to Liberty slash inlibertyandhealth, all one word. Um, the Tiger Fitness affiliate link for me is down below. I got all my protein powders there. You can see my amp right there. Um, I think that's the cookies and cream birthday cake right there. won't load for you. Uh-oh. Okay. That might have just been on your end, brother. Sorry to hear. Um, birthday cake right there. Peanut butter fluff, which are out of right now, which is really upsetting because I really, really like that flavor. Um, all the branching amino acids and all that other stuff right there. Like, oh, you've seen long time like, vacation actually. Oh, nice. Well, we are going to Ocean City, Maryland next week, and I'm very, very excited for that because um as I get older and older, I begin to like being on the beach and I always joke with people eating, peeling, eat shrimp and drinking margaritas. People um, people call me a little girl for that, but drinking margaritas is like life <laughs> There's something magical about just being on a beach and just careless feet in the sand and go for a swim, catch a few waves, do all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we're going Labor Day weekend. Um, I don't have any shows lined up for next week. I'll probably come up with a topic and just do a live stream like this. Um, these seem to go over pretty well. People seem to enjoy them. So i like i said i appreciate all the engagement um uh oh you know what i forgot big announcement actually so next let me make sure i got this right as well um the 28th i will be launching the new show nice glad to hear let me make sure i got this i will drop this in the chat actually okay it is right here. I got a new project coming up with the boys from Butting the bullet, Adam Nutter and Samuel Urban, and we are calling it five till midnight. We're going to be doing a weekly podcast, such culture and plenty of other things. I might roll back the amount of shoes that it shows that I do here. Um, everybody here, I will drop that in the chat. If you could go over to that link, the one that I just dropped in the chat, that is the um, audio link for five till midnight. Um, that's Spotify and it will be on all major streaming platforms. We'll do a live show on YouTube. And once again, it's gonna be with me, the boys from Biting in the Bullet or Biting the Bullet, Adam Nutter and Sam Urban. We're gonna be doing a podcast 8 p.m. every uh, Monday. So uh make sure you go follow that, check that out. I'm really, really excited. Um it's it's not just gonna be bland political stuff. Um, I really don't know where we're all gonna go with it, but I'm really really excited to get it out there and share that with everybody. Um, Thursday's show is going to be with Brandy Bishop and her friend, Ryan, and we're going to be talking kind of some of the stuff that we talked tonight. Um, we'll be a little bit more lively. Um, I don't know if it's going to be on, it probably is on Apple podcast. If you look it up, it might be there. Let me, yeah, it is the number five. Let me make sure I got that five till mid. So yeah, everybody make sure you go look that up um yeah if you guys don't got any more questions i will close her out and this will be up on all audio platforms um tomorrow morning i really appreciate everybody dropping by um i hope you guys enjoyed the reading of the articles hopefully this gave a little bit more context to the manosphere stuff um it, it's not all just about you know white claw power hour and i hate women and incels that's ridiculous no there are guys who are married and guys who have been in long-term relationships that just kind of want to make their lives a little bit better and make their relationships a little bit better um this isn't about just punishing women to uplift men this is about just men you know living better lives that's really all it is Alice, thank you so much. You too. I appreciate you hanging out in these live streams. Um, yeah, guys. Well, I appreciate it. I'm going to end the broadcast now. And until next time, make sure you come back for Thursday's show. We're going to be going live at 7 p.m., I want to say. I will post it on Twitter. So make sure you're following me there at Kyle because you can see it's spelled down there K Y L E M A T O V C I K. I appreciate all you guys hanging out. Um, once again, like the video if you have not liked the video. And uh, until next time, next or this thursday take care